0: You're listening to Mentoring Developers, Episode 84. Welcome to Mentoring Developers, the podcast for new and aspiring software developers, where we discuss your struggles, anxieties, and career choices. And now, here's your host, Arsalan Ahmed. Welcome once again to Mentoring Developers. This is a podcast and YouTube show for you. If you are a new developer, if you want to be a developer, you have questions, and you're not sure if you're cut out for this, you come to the right place. And here, we interview people who are starting out or who struggled, or well, sometimes they're helping people who struggled. Also, we have discussions on certain topics right? that you may not hear in other places, and we keep it simple here. If a jargon, a term is thrown around, we want to take a break, take a timeout, and explain what it is, right? Uh, We want to be inclusive. And today, my guest is Oscar Delgadeo. Oscar Delgadeo is a a developer, but he has a, a very interesting story. So let me read what happened to him. So he went to a high school robotics team. To help out probably do some coding and he didn't know a lot of the languages and the features and ended up helping people and maybe that launched his career and his future podcasting career so let's let's welcome oscar how are you oscar oh muy bien
1: very good thank you
0: very nice to have you so tell us a little bit about this
1: story um yes actually uh i had just actually graduated from a programming boot camp and I was looking to volunteer, trying to look for opportunities, you know, to, to give back. Um, I think the, the first mistake in that I was trying to do it almost immediately. I should have probably established myself somehow, uh, because as I reached out, you know, folks were like, oh, yeah, we have, you know, we have this. Uh, I think it, at the time it was proposed to me as a STEM club. And I was like, OK, that sounds like something that fits. So I signed up um, here in, in Chicago. You know, you have to go through this process if you want to volunteer into high school. So I went through the whole process, showed up. Turns out that it was they were working on robotics, which I was not prepared for. So, <laughs> I, of course, I'm, I'm not one to back down. So I, I went ahead and and tried to help as best I could. And I ended up basically picking up Java and learning how to build robots. That's fantastic. So I'm trying my new fancy
0: new video system, but but you can't see Oscar, but the viewers will be able to see. I'm trying to switch between the two scenes. And it's funny because I have to reach and do that. I don't have a fancy remote control for that, and so it's it's fun. But I think it'll it'll come out better, hopefully. So that's great. And you graduated from a boot camp. A lot of people will be like, "What's a boot camp?" Because they they may think of something else. They may think a military boot camp. Well, yeah. we're talking about a way for somebody who has no computer science. Knowledge, right, you may not actually have any computer science degree, but you feel like you're you should be working in technology, so what you could do instead of instead of say oh, I have to go to college, you could just go to a an academy a boot camp for a few months, three, four months, and just work work, work until you know just enough to get your foot in the door. isn't that what it is correct, yeah. So
1: how long ago was that? So this was back in, so I got accepted to the bootcamp 2015. Um, It was called Dev Bootcamp. It is now actually out of business, but um, it was one of the more popular ones at that time. And this was around 2015. I deferred my entry until I think it was actually the beginning of 2016. So January, 2016, and I graduated from it, uh, May of
0: 2016. Okay. So, that was pretty recent, about four years ago, roughly. And before that, you didn't have any experience in programming.
1: Am I right? Yes, that's right. And, and completely no experience. I know some folks kind of talk about, oh, you know, I, I, growing up, I did a little bit of programming. I just didn't know it was programming. I think the the closest thing was probably MySpace CSS editing <laughs> back in the day. But I don't I can't recall that I've actually even did anything remotely close to programming.
0: OK, so what got you interested that like people don't just wake up one day and say they, they want to be they, they want to be a developer. That's an investment in time, money, and you have to sacrifice a lot to be able to drop
1: whatever you were doing before. What was your motivation? Well, I think like many people, it was uh, my need to solve a problem. I was working in and still I'm actually working in the supply chain management field. Uh, basically logistics, trucking, freight management, that, that kind of, uh, those kind of things. Uh, I was working in a family business and we had very manual processes around invoicing. It was just all very labor intensive, um, you know, a lot of rep- repetitive work. And so basically I was trying to find ways to speed up that process and through, you know, research and, and reaching out in social media, uh, social networking sites, uh, you know, my friends kind of were like, Oh, we should check these things out. And so that kind of led me into programming.
0: And how did you find Was it hard
1: to find, to program or?
0: Yeah. I mean, you just started something that's intimidating for millions of people and you just got into it. And what, what was your first week like?
1: Oh yeah so yeah before I did go into the bootcamp knowing a little programming um because I, like I said I had deferred my my entry and so before prior to that I had actually picked up python as scripting and it was, I, I found that actually uh, relatively easy in terms of understanding that I was just trying to code or program line by line instructions that I wanted the computer to do. Um, so it was very rudimentary, very, very basic. And fortunately, I found that easy. The bootcamp itself, the first months, it was definitely very, very difficult trying to change my mentality from, again, sort of like a, not just a procedural, you know, programming or the way that we think things, but, you know, a, just trying to change it into algorithmic thinking and, you know, all sorts of different ways to solve problems.
0: Okay. And after you graduated a few weeks later, maybe two or three, four months later, some point, clearly you've been bombarded with all kinds of information and you probably have a few projects under your belt, right? You, you know what GitHub is at that time. After that, right? Sure. you probably know how to use an editor, a text editor, or maybe an integrated development environment or an i d e to create a program, compile it, run it, even make a website and you know have people fill in some data on a website and save it and retrieve it all that kind of stuff, some basic things and I'm sure you probably you know learn from others and I can imagine how how hectic it would be. But then the day after, you're done. But really, you don't have any, any experience to put on your resume. How did you build a resume?
1: Oh, gosh, yeah, that's a that's a very good question. It was also sort of um, I don't know if you would call it unfortunate, but I spent the following three years still working with family, and and like you said, it was just project after project. Nothing really shot up because uh, you know there was just differences in in viewpoints and in opinions, and it just my things never really got implemented. So after three years, I, I left that company to look for my first position as a software engineer, like an official software engineer. And yeah, it was it was definitely tough. I didn't have I only had a bunch of you know started projects and. I think it was just the constant um you know display of my work I just had to keep you know keep working for there were there were friends obviously who had reached out and and I worked on projects for them and whether I completed it or not I still kind of showcased them and it, and it just kept doing that until finally again I think it was a little bit of a um good fortune that that uh, there was a startup in logistics, you know, which which my background was in just from experience. And I was able to just tack on that software engineer experience on top of that. And no matter how minor it was, I think that that really made the difference. Oh, this is lovely to hear.
0: You know why I say that is because you had some real world valuable experience in something other than software. In your case, logistics. For some other people, it's journalism or it could be as a teacher, or literally anything. You you could be a person cooking burgers. Whatever it is that you Mm -hmm. have done and you're good at, before you get into software, now you bring all of that experience into it, now you have actually an advantage over people who are um, those may be the people that, like me, all we did was programming. So if I say I want to build software, I have to actually know what I'm doing because it's not a most problems in the world are not technology problems, right? Most problems are business problems, life problems. And if I don't understand, if I have not internalized those problems, I will probably produce a solution that that's insufficient or or useless. And that's how where, you know, you'll see a lot of Silicon Valley companies, they never go anywhere because they don't know what they're doing. So the first phase now we've learned through experience that if you want to build a new company, you want to make sure that you are solving a problem first, right? A real problem. But in your case, you already know logistics. So it's a huge advantage. Now, if you one day decided to build a a product that serves the logistics industry, you could do that. right? Right. And that's a huge advantage. So, uh, that's good. Now, it's it's good to get into it and get a first project. And usually the first job that you get, you it may not be... It may not pay as well. It may not be the right mix of technologies. But you just want to be acknowledged as a software developer at some level. Because what happens is you just... Went through a boot camp, and I can tell you a little secret that there are a lot of people who don't really like boot camps, and they think that you know these are uh, producing these pretend software developers. And a lot of people in the industry who have been around they feel like mm, no, that's that's wrong. However, I I disagree with that. But to to break that now, if you are already working, even if it's if it's not exactly what you wanted to do now, it gives you a reason to or a good story to tell when you want to get your second job so the first thing that you did in the logistics how long did that last
1: um what do you mean like the working in logistics in general when you were doing
0: your project your first project that was related to logistics
1: how long was that so that was uh like I said, straight after the boot camp, which was twenty sixteen it was another three years that i stayed stayed at the uh family business, trying to come up with solutions um and actually, one of the things that I learned through that experience was, because 'cause you're right in that at first. Coming out of straight from the bootcamp, I was like, okay, they taught me, you know, for if you want to get technical, they taught me Ruby and JavaScript. So I was able to work in the frameworks and libraries such as uh, Ruby on Rails and um, React. That was kind of what I kind of, you know, became um, pretty good at. And so I came back thinking, oh, I'm going to solve all these problems. I'm and then I realized, okay, how do I put in, into motion these things that I've learned, <laughs> you know, my, my knowledge of databases, my knowledge of backend and front, end, how do I create the solutions? And very quickly, I learned that sometimes those aren't the solutions that are needed immediately. It's, it's very hard to create an app. You know, as, again, as many uh, developers and engineers know, it's very, very difficult, especially when you're on your own. It's, it's going to be tough work. Um, it is possible, but it's probably going to take years. And given that, again, these the problem was inefficiencies, business inefficiencies. You businesses can't afford years of of, um, of production and and development. So, um, I quickly switched things to a friend who had actually also hired me as a TA part time for a program at DePaul here in, here in Chicago, and it was sort of a a coding again, sort of like a starter coding prog- program, but it was focused around first and foremost creating solutions more than it was about implementing a specific language or a specific uh you know tech solution and so that really actually taught me once once i kind of fulfilled that you know part-time gig for a couple months i again I, I i was still working with family so i just kind of brought that back and was like okay instead of trying to create a full-blown app let me see what sort of solutions i can create with the already existing technologies and so i think that was a huge kind of wake-up call and also again learning different ways of being a software engineer.
0: I think this is, this is a learning process for all of us. So when I started, it was, it was hard for me because I was, as I said, I wasn't in a particular domain and I wasn't really wedded to a particular type of software. So when you're this general purpose, generic software engineer, which I was, I had no direction. But if I knew, or if I had an interest in a type of software or a type of programming, then I would have, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. I would have the opportunity to become really, really good at one thing, because I'd be hyper-focused on one. However, if for whatever reason it didn't work out, then it would be hard to you know get out and do other things. So... It could be difficult but I think I think this this could be a perfect start for somebody especially if they're coming out of an industry whatever industry you're in go back to that industry once you've learned programming and now solve their problems because you know it so you worked in that company for the family business for uh, 3 years or so but then you left right okay.
1: what made you leave uh well it was again being almost like the the sole developer and even though it was a family business and i kind of had uh, you know I, I had administrative work to do as well i was doing payroll and all the other things um i think i found it very difficult to not only juggle those those things but also again if there's not much support for the solutions that i was creating um like you know one example was that i found that we needed help with communication between our dispatchers and our drivers and so again kind of letting go of an app solution i i thought okay let let me look at um communication software, free communication software, you know, always try to go free first. And we, you know, we we started using something called Slack, it's a pretty popular communicating tool in, in the industry. And I applied it to our just little, our little, you know, trucking logistics company. And I implemented a way of being for drivers to be able to text a number that then converted the message into a Slack message. And so it kind of became like a universal, like a unified you know, communicating solution for everyone. Um, you know, dispatchers can communicate through Slack. It would send a text message back and forth, and so drivers didn't have to learn anything new. They didn't have to download anything new. But again, the the adoption of this of this solution was very very difficult. Even though I obviously offered training, and I was like, okay, we've, if we really if we're serious about these solutions, let's go ahead and do them. And there wasn't much support. So after there was just you know constant. Um, problems with this, I just found like it wasn't, it wasn't going to be good for me and my growth. It wasn't going to be, you know, good for my, you know, um, no aspect of my growth, personal career, (laughs) technological growth. It was just so kind of saw a block there. And so I I figured I needed to, to move on.
0: No, that's a, that's a great way of coming to that conclusion because people switch jobs for various reasons, but if you find yourself, in a situation where you know that one year after another, there's not a huge improvement in your skills or your future prospects, then it's time to leave. And it's it's perfectly okay, even if it's a family business or even if it's a job or a colleague that you like. And in our industry, two to three years is a, is considered a good amount of time to spend in a company and you could stay or or you could leave after that so that's great and then every time you switch jobs you have this opportunity to really upgrade your career you may be able to get more money you may be able to get a better title you may be able to work in technologies that you didn't get a chance to before and i mean in general that's a good thing right so a lot of people in other industries that are looking for stability they want a job
1: that is perfect, and that's it, right? Right. But yeah, in, a, in tech, that's not that doesn't work, right? And no, I was gonna, I was just going to say that it's it's exactly that. Also, you kind of seek out those opportunities. And, and at first, when I was seeking for a job, it, and you know, it's the the shock really hit after um, I quit with no you know perspective opportunities or any <laughs> you know, any positions I was like, oh shoot, I'm going to have to I'm potentially gonna struggle. I, I and I did. I struggled financially for six months trying to look for for this for a job. And so you kind of get a little bit desperate and you start looking everywhere and it wasn't until even with that Again, I I almost forgot that I had this experience in logistics just because I was scrambling to to do all these things. I was trying to find jobs to again pay my bills while I was seeking, you know, I was, I was looking for this this um, tech job, and I almost forgot my experience. And it wasn't until again, fortunately, a friend a friend of a friend was the one who was hiring for this for the the position at this logistics software company, and once you know, that came to, once that was, uh, she let me know about this, it, it brought me back. And I was like, oh my God, I do have experience. Let me, again, let me prep for this. And, and that's when I, I did the work of like, okay, how do I gather this and gather myself? And, and I did interviews for them. And, and it was immediately, I, I sensed like I was at, at home almost, right? Where you're just kind of like, oh, this is my territory. I know exactly what I'm talking about. So um, I was able to get them pretty, pretty hype about my experience because of that.
0: Okay. So now you got another job? Was that a, a contract or was it a full-time employment?
1: It's full no, it was full-time employment. I'm still I'm still in it. It's like a, a year and a half in almost, so
0: okay. You're still Pretty there. Well. And so what's keeping you there?
1: Let's talk about that. It is uh the the owners, they're great, uh empathetic people. Um they they're actually known for creating uh, software and software companies um, in logistics. So, you know, I, I know I trust their experience and not only that, but they've built also a culture here in in at the company that is very inclusive and again, aligns with my values. So I, I think that it's also very fortunate. I, I feel like people also maybe don't get this in a lot of places, but it's great when your vision for where you want to take technology in your field such as logistics also aligned. And there's that. And then there's also the values of, uh, you know, how you feel, um, you know, your work ethic should be.
0: Yeah, this was great. If you have that alignment, uh, there's nothing better than that. So what I'm wondering is during your, your journey, you're on your own in a boot camp, then you were struggling perhaps for a short time. Then you worked in a family business. Then after that, you're struggling for a longer time then you started working here during this time did you have anybody reach out to you did you have a mentor were you was there
1: somebody you could go to that that could help you um yes yeah, and actually like like a, a... I had mentioned um, the person who suggested me for the job. Um, her name's Kara Corral. She's, again, actually really well-known in, in a couple of organizations that focused on helping underrepresented communities, you know, be highlighted for this reason. We need more representation. And so um, she was, she's also a fellow boot camper. So she she was the one that I spoke to before I joined the boot camp to, to get her opinions on it. And, you know, we stayed friends even afterwards. And we've stayed friends for these, these past couple of years. And so she was really my, I kind of saw her not only as a mentor, but as a, a, um, uh, what's the word? Um, advocate and a sponsor as well um i think sometimes if we want to you know if we want to discuss the difference uh you know between mentorship and and advocacy is you know she definitely guided me and what i should do what are the things i should focus on but as an advocate she reached out for me for for various positions and and she sent out emails and did all that stuff for me which which is amazing i owe her that
0: it is amazing to have someone who has your back really right it's important and and we can we can all play that role and and you could do that for people who are just coming up, you know, people who are listening to this podcast. It could be somebody who is maybe struggling to find their first job, and they could get inspiration from you, or you could actually guide them, right? If if they ever met you in real life or online, and they asked you a question, they may they may not have the answer. So they it's good to have people like that that, that random strangers could come up to or if you're if you're working in a company and if anybody anybody who's just hired right off of college or as their first job, they feel like they could go up to anybody and ask, wouldn't that be wonderful
1: mm-hmm.
0: so i I like that idea now, what I find is that in our industry in general, we don't do mentorship, not really we some places we do that. There are some places who have apprenticeships. And some places they have official mentorship programs. But traditionally, we are we are an industry where we don't like to pamper people. Is We expect a certain number of people to fail. And so we say, if I hire 10 people, six are going to be good for me. Four are going to be bad for me. So after a year, I'm going to get rid of the four and we keep the six. That's good, but what about the four that were, you know, removed? So those people also have similar, maybe even more ability than the ones that were kept. And that's where mentorship comes in. So I think I'm I'm really glad that you're able to get in there and got your break, and you had an advocate, you had a mentor, you had somebody who was fighting for you. Obviously, unfortunately, we don't have enough of these people. That are fighting for other people. So, I think we could really improve our community if we were to offer that. So, this is why this podcast exists because we want to foster the, this idea of mentorship, this idea that, you know, we're not perfect. Just because someone gets ahead in their career or they're doing really well, sometimes it's a function of where they came from or the background they have, or maybe a lot of other things that are not related directly to their work. And I've seen that happen, where with slight encouragement and mentorship, you find people succeed. So empathy, I think that's the key. You're talking about that too. So what do you do in your day to day life these days in your in your in your office life?
1: Yeah, in my cooped-up bedroom life, you mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, because of, of the pandemic right now, everybody <laughs> is working from home. And a lot of people are struggling, I know, because they they're not set up to work remotely. And a lot of people have to work in their kitchen,
1: which is, yeah, a challenge. Yeah, actually the kitchen's actually sometimes a, a good a good uh change of environment, <laughs> which is okay. something that I've learned. Um I I definitely struggled, you know, if I can be be honest, I struggled with working from home for for the first couple of months. Um, but now that I've kind of I just a little bit and I still have my bad days. Right. But um, I think for the most part, um, given that I've created, uh, well, really, my, my husband helped create. I, I need to give him, you know, give props where props or due. So he helped me create my little workspace that I have here now. And uh, I, I've just I've picked up a couple, I think generally I've always been good at picking up hobbies. So I think that really has helped. And so I picked up, um, just, I I became a a lover of fountain pens. And so I started collecting them and (laughs) started collecting about gestationary, which, yeah, it led me to, um, to some wild, you know, wild, wild purchases. And, but that has kept me busy. I, I write, I try to write, um, with the pens, try to use up obviously my materials and instead of Going digital, like all the way, because I need, you know, I need that relief sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Something having having something to hold, something tactical, that's just really good. Uh, personally, I've been working remotely. Uh, I just touched my microphone stand; <laughs> it made a weird sound. Um, but personally, I've been working remotely for so many years. I'm very comfortable doing that. If you set up your environment where you have everything you need, and then what I like about my home office is that it's an office. Uh, when I, when I go work at a client, I'm in a hallway usually. And I don't have anything there. I just have my laptop. I'm lucky if I have a screen, right. To plug into, but we need more than that. Sometimes for creative work, I feel it's good to have some privacy, but I can see your point of view as well, where you need maybe collaboration. When you're starting out, you may have a lot of questions and you may feel like, oh, I can't just walk over to somebody and ask a question or casually learn from somebody through osmosis. Now I have to interrupt them using uh, Slack or Teams or something and they have to say, oh, can I bother you for five minutes? I can completely see that point of view as well. Uh, but I do find that uh, working remotely is made me, makes me much more productive and happy <laughs> frankly, because mm-hmm. uh, because then I don't have to uh, do th- anything other than I what, except for what I want to do. And I can do other things in my day and, you know, being a person with a family, uh, little kids,
1: oh, I appreciate
0: the ability to work from home
1: quite right. a lot. Yeah, I have, I actually have a a dog and my in-laws have a dog that we also help take care of. And so we, you know, we have to walk them, (laughs) we have to walk them at, at different periods of the day. So occasionally I'll use that as a break as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So, and the thing that I learned
0: when we were chatting before we started recording was that you are about to start your own podcast. So I'd love to know about that. So our listeners could go and check it out. I know okay. that it's not live yet, but it will probably
1: be live or close to getting live by the time this goes live. So, Yes, yeah, sh- sure. I actually I was fortunate again. Um, seems I seem to fall upon, upon some good fortune sometimes, which is great. Uh, I was fortunate enough for I reached out to an already established podcaster, Adriana from uh, Latinx America, and she has a couple seasons already live and and i had reached out for her for some tips because i had this idea that a, a co um you know now converted into friend um she and i we we thought about potentially releasing a podcast that could to help folks and and you know to relate our stories and and talk about different topics that we feel are important and so I reached out to to Adriana, and she was she was actually very very happy for me to have reached out. And she she was the one who offered to kind of host us under her platform. So if you look up at Latinx America, I'm assuming that that's where that information will be available. And because uh, we we're still working, you know, again, it's it's very preliminary stuff. Still, we're doing some pre recordings. We're we still have yet to create some of our our um, promotional material. So we're still very very early on, um, but. It uh, it's going to be it's actually going to be called Casual Fridays on Latinx America or Casual Viernes. We don't we don't know yet. We try to add. (laughs) We want to add that you know that that Latinx spin to it.
0: Okay, no, that's good. So if you're a Latinx or if you're interested in what's happening in that in in that community, you could check it out. And something I I know that it's probably not all tech related. Some tech and just whatever is happening. So. I'm sure that people love to check it out. The links will be on the, the page for this podcast. I'm going to turn it on now so everybody can see it. It's going to be mentoringdevelopers.com slash episode 85. Show notes, links. We're going to have the links for Oscar's uh, podcast and anything else that he wants to share. Also, for if show notes and the transcripts, 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 visit us at mentoringdevelopers.com. And, you know, great to see somebody, you know, coming out of a boot camp and doing really well and looks like, you know, the future is, is bright. And I can I can imagine, you know, five years from now, you coming on the show and, uh, you know, you're this big shot. I'd have to uh, work hard to get you on the show, but that that would be a good outcome.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I'll probably be super busy. I'm yeah.
0: Do, do you feel like you you want to be in just in technology or just making things, or do you feel like you like to go into management?
1: Um, I think I I would probably want to remain in just you know engineering for a while, just because I love, um, uh, I love coming up with solutions mm-hmm. to problems and. Yeah, I think man. I mean, management seems attractive in its, you know, in its own right. But uh, yeah, I think for the most part right now, I think creating solutions is, is my go-to.
0: That's great. And a lot of our listeners, a lot of people, most people that I know are in that same camp. Uh, I do a little bit of both, and so it's it's interesting. It's very satisfying to build solutions, but it's also secretly it's very satisfying to, uh, to be able to, actually have an impact right and not just do what you're told so a little bit of both i think it's a great mix and you could do that if in the future you decide to start a company and make your own logistic solution for instance um or something else then you would be able to do a little bit of both but that's a discussion for the future when when you have that experience and you feel like you want
1: to um, we'll see in five years where you go Right. And and also a little tidbit. If you do want to flex those leadership muscles, you can always reach out to communities. I actually, you know, help organize a community here in, in Chicago that started out as a meetup, um, people of color code. And I, when I realized, you know, I might eventually I probably have to switch to a more leadership role, but I don't, you know, I guess I don't feel comfortable with it yet. This was a good way to experiment sort of that.
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds great. So all the links and everything here uh, on your screen mentoringdevelopers.com slash episode 85. It was great to have you. And uh, if you want to, if you're listening right now and you want to send us a message, you want to send uh, Oscar a message, you want to send me a message, ask me something, then you can email me at us at mentoringdevelopers.com. That's also on the screen. So that was, uh, uh, that was Oscar Delgadillo, And I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, any last words before we go?
1: Uh, I just want to thank you for having me here. I I really love the idea of your podcast. I've seen a couple of the episodes, and I I appreciate that podcasts like these, you know, content like this exists for, for, again, for starting developers. I think it's a great, great thing. It's
0: really great to hear. Okay. We'll see you soon, hopefully. Yes. Bye, everybody. For show notes and transcripts, visit us at mentoringdevelopers.com.